Welcome to The Binge Minute, the only podcast in the world that goes through movie minute-by-minute reviews, each minute on a quest to find the greatest minute in cinematic history. My name's Chris. My name's Taylor. And we're wrapping up here on Moon. This is Minute 89. Just a couple minutes to go. Oh, who knows? The credits could come out of the screen at any second. (laughs) They could jump upon us. Jump on. Imagine being attacked by credits. Ooh. Ooh. You had had something you want to talk about briefly, Taylor? Yeah. Um, I was thinking about movie ideas because, uh, you know, we're looking for the next movie suggestion for us yes. to watch. And I remembered uh, that when I was a teenager, I was so sure that I had this amazing movie idea that I was totally going to write and I was going to become this wonderful Australian filmmaker, which I Ooh, never did. Okay. What was the idea? <laughs> it was... Like a road trip friendship horror film <laughs> set in Queensland. Kind of like the that was a little dude. bit more uh, absurd. No, it's not. Not like it was like, like an wolf absurdist. Creek? No, not not full Wolf Creek. It was more like an absurdist sort of backpacking. Anyway, I don't really know, but like Sam Simmons meets Wolf Creek. Kind of. So the idea was. Um, <laughs> It would be a group of five friends who went on a road trip to Cairns. Okay. And one of the, they each had their own individual quirks and their own like things that they were trying to achieve. But one of them had a Furby that was possessed. (laughs) Oh, no. I hate those possessed Furbies. (laughs) But it was like a sort of like a comedy horror film. Sure. Sort of like a Shaun of the Dead kind of now thing. Now, does Furby kill everyone? No, it just drives that person to do insane things. But they're not the sole focus of it. It's sort of like, oh, it was sort of like everyone had their own thing going on. At one point, someone was going to get dragged along behind a car on a <laughs> office chair okay. <laughs> that they were riding. Did you write any of this? I did. I wrote the opening, like, I don't know, couple pages. Ooh, so why'd you stop? I just got on with other things. <laughs> but, like, it kept me up at night for, like, days. And I'm like, man, this is going to be so cool. <laughs> Each of the characters had their own thing going on. Wow, like every movie. <laughs> like every film, characters have So it's like Wolf Creek meets Sam Simmons meets Chucky. I wouldn't say Sam Simmons. I'd say more like Mighty Boosh because I was really All into right, Mighty so Boosh at the Creek time. So Wolf Creek meets Mighty Boosh meets Chucky. Yeah, but also there was sort of like a sisterhood of the traveling pants thing going on. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, I, I, I can, I can kind of visualize it in my head. Yeah, but it's also like set in like Australiana rural settings. To be honest, it'd probably be an alright movie. Yeah, probably. When you line it up against other horror movies out there that are comedies as well, it probably would be middle rung, if not more. I, I'd love to be middle rung. That's middle great. Middle rung's great. Let's aim for average. That's People rag on middle rung, but hey, middle rung's okay. Uh, to get s- to middle rung and actually go to the cinemas, that's a huge achievement. What do they say in America? They have a strong middle class, have a strong America. I think those are different things. <laughs> I don't know if class, middle rung. <laughs> class warfare can be uh, <laughs> compared to the achievements of cinematic history. Middle rung. Yep. <laughs> nice. Smack bang in the middle. What a way to be. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, have you ever, when you were yeah, a kid? of course. Who hasn't come up with movie ideas What before? did you come up with? I don't know what the actual idea was. It was like a coming of age film. Oh, were you coming of age at the time? I might have been like maybe 18. Okay. Or younger, 17. That's a that's perfect coming of age territory. You know what? That's uh, looking for Ella Brandy years. That's terrible. I didn't know how to write a screenplay. Uh-huh. And I liked the idea of narrators. <laughs> oh, yeah. So like, I think the opening line was, oh, there I am. Doing an exam <laughs> like a chump. Well, <laughs> <laughs> who knew that? Like, I like those ideas. Like, you'd be like, "Here I am, 
There I am doing a movie like a chunk. <laughs> Who knew in three days that I'd be dead? You know, stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> I like. I always been fascinated, and that was kind of like the opening credits. Yeah. And then I'd go through my friends. That's my friend Bobby. He likes Lego. And so it's sort of a little bit like um, Mean Girls. How that's the sort of opening. Yeah, except <laughs> written by someone who has no idea how to write a screenplay. <laughs> <laughs> what was going to be the premise of it? I have no idea. I think. I think the lead actor, it's it was a rom-com. Okay. So there's a romantic I comedy. I love that um, 17-year-old Chris is writing a rom-com. That's and really I, sweet. And I had this idea that he worked in BWS. Uh-huh. Because you worked which, in BWS. I worked in BWS. So, yeah, I would have been 18. So, I worked in BWS. <laughs> and he had a flip out one day and, like, knocked down all the cartons like Godzilla. Okay. <laughs> I can't remember what happened after that. But I Were you just angry at work? And you're like, this is a rom-com. Yeah. <laughs> but I remember the last line of the movie was me driving off in the sunset with a girl. Being like, so there it is. It all worked out. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't die. <laughs> so would you say this is more of an aspirational thing for you to quit your job at BWS and get a girlfriend? No, I wrote like the first 15 pages of wow. the film and then I just gave up. Yeah. The the lead character's name was called Digby Jones. Oh, that's great. And I don't even... Digby... Digby Jones sounds like a detective or an archaeologist. <laughs> yeah, I wrote a great name in the wrong genre. <laughs> Digby Jones is not a good romantic rom-com character name. Oh, I love it. Digby... Hey. Digby Jones, Digby but I like I I don't know. I did nursing for a year, and there was a girl I did nursing with uh, who I kind of had a crush on, and she said my brother's called Digby. I'm like, that's a weird name. <laughs> and then I wrote the, I wrote the film and put that character's name as the lead as the lead character. Can I just ask? Did you ever get to the point where you introduced the romantic? female lead uh no oh no not yet no okay because i was just introducing his <laughs> friends at the time okay so just spent a lot of seven, first 17 pages all about the friends that's right yeah <laughs> that's right i'm like this is tommy he loves math and, and then there'd be like a cut of him being like pythagoras you did it bruh <laughs> that was actually written in the thing. really it's like you did it pythagoras oh wow <laughs> yeah, like it was really fucking that's amazing yeah my i think my idea I've come to think about it a bit more. Mm -hmm. So I was introducing them as the younger characters mm -hmm. and how they had aspirations. And then we'd zoom like 20 years to see how they'd all oh, got okay. and they, all their lives were like shitty. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, it was, like, it was like, you know, getting your life back on track, coming of age. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But with a narrator. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. it, had, it oh, had, that's nice. It would have been. It would have uh, been middle rung. It would have been the kind of movie you'd see. Seth Rogen in uh, years ago when he first came in. <laughs> yeah, I can picture but just exactly. not as funny probably. <laughs> I can picture the genre. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know who's not writing genre-based films? <laughs> Sam, Sam 1 and Sam, Sam 2 in Moon Minute 89. Ba -ba -ba, we <laughs> did it. Did your predictions come true? My prediction did... What was my prediction? What was your well, I prediction? I can tell you mine definitely did not. I said <laughs> that Gertie would go greet the rescue team and be like, hey, how are you going, boys? And he'd, they'd be like, hey, what's all this about? And he'd be like, oh. like, oh, what's that over there? And he like clonks them in the back of the head with a fry pan. <laughs> He's like, yeah. oh, man, I got to keep stuff doing that. That didn't happen. I know. What was my prediction? Oh, the harvester? No, that was no. last week's prediction. What was my prediction? Fuck. I what don't was know. it? Was it the I was so excited at the last minute. I can't believe it. 
I don't know, were they going to go out to the... Oh, that's right. They were going to put Sam 1 <laughs> in the incinerator. So they're going to open the door, make contact and be like, we've got you now, buddy. Mm. And then they're going to put him in his little pod and then incinerate him. And he'd be like, I knew what... I, I knew, knew what, what you was, did last summer. Yeah, I know what's happening. And they're like, well, well, the better to burn you. And he's like, oh, wait, no. But that did not happen. But Kind of half came true. They though. made contact. Yeah. So what happened this whole minute? Sam 1, one is like seeing off the pizza box. With Sam 2 in it. Yep. And, and he then goes to sleep and there's like little music box music behind. It's like, go to sleep yeah, sort yeah, of sounding. Yeah, yeah. It was like, but this sort of music continued for most of the minute. It was like this sort of childlike dream state, like a music box. Yeah, playing. I guess so. And then we saw the, the rover door, the hatch open. Yeah. And then there was some guy standing there with a gun. Yeah. With so a torch. We were right. The rescue team is not a rescue team. <laughs> That's right. And he opened the thing and he was like, he shone the torch and saw Sam 1 in a, like a kind of a... I don't think Sam 1's dead. Mm, he's not dead he's yet. Like, he's just he's sleeping. He's just kind of unconscious again. Man, that guy really doesn't want to die <laughs> at all in this minute. But he pointed the gun at him and he's like, found him. Hey, he's not going anywhere. And then he closed the hatch again. He was like, let's bring this harvester around. They're yeah. going to like fix the harvester. And they're going to bag... They also said, let's bag him up. That's right. We go, let's bag him up and fix the harvester. That was it. That was it. And then we had a shot... Of Sam 2 having the time of his life. Yeah, we had the outside of the pizza oven, which is a lot more spaceshipy than I thought it would be. That's right. I Because in my mind, it was basically just like a filing cabinet flying through space. <laughs> but it's actually like a mini spaceship. Well, to be honest, it's a mini flying disco. Because Sam 2 is in the middle <laughs> going, woo, going yeah. through some serious Gs. And he was like, yeah, woo. woo and there were like just multicolored lights flashing everywhere. Uh, he is having the time of his life right now. Yeah. He's, he's short life, great but it's time. the great time. It's like, and look, to be honest, it was a contrast to what ha- was happening with Sam 1. Mm, yeah. So we had Sam oh, 1 <laughs> who was like unconscious, having a terrible time. Yeah. And then we have Sam 2 who's very much conscious, killer time. Yeah. He's just like whipping and hollering. At first when I heard the wooing, I thought there was like a problem with the ship. I'm like, oh, no, there's a ghost in there. But it was actually just him going, woo. Yeah. So what happened after that? Well, remember the harvester? Oh, that's right. So you the big end of the minute, the last twist. Remember, so pre a couple minutes ago, you predicted that the harvester was being reprogrammed to cover the tracks. Yes. Not a bad guess. And I said it'd been reprogrammed to essentially smash into Eliza for some reason, act of revenge. Yeah. But it wasn't doing either of those. What it was doing is it's programmed to knock out one of the jammers. That's right. He's going to take out the jammers so ah. Sam 3 can actually ring phone home. Yeah, Sam 2. I reckon he's knocking out the jammer. Or maybe Sam 2 is going to ring, ring home and tell Sam 3. That's what I'm thinking. Oh, who knows? This is great. Great and bad. Mm. So first one, great. Yep. That Sam three is gonna Sam two is giving Sam three an out. Yep. So he has to ring and be like, "Dude, you're a clone. Get in the I'm box. You. Get in the box. <laughs> Wake up a new Sam. Your and then DNA you is dying. <laughs> three years. Live it up. And then it's bad because they forgot about tracks. They forgot about tracks. They want inconsistent. But also, I'm not sure if the harvester is going to be able to completely knock it down, or if it's going to get like half do it and stuck. Well, we're literally going to find out. 
in about one minute because <gasps> that's going to be the first thing we see, I imagine. Yeah, I'm so excited. It's going to be crazy. If the harvester is strong enough and is on a nice loop to hit them all, mm. then he might take out every single one of the jammers. Holy shit. Holy shit. I am a bit disappointed that they forgot about the tracks. <laughs> yeah. Because that no would be a very good detective would be like, someone's been out here. Mm. I smell a boo-boo. Maybe they're just meatheads who are like, and they, me go fix thingy and shoot, shoot Sammy. And they haven't rigged, they didn't rig Sam one with explosives. They did not. What the fuck? Well, that would have definitely alerted them that something was wrong. <laughs> That's true. Well, what did you rate the Bennett Taylor? I loved it. I thought it was so sad seeing Sam just stuck in the rover. But then yeah. Sam's so happy screaming in a pizza oven. That's true. I give it 56. Oh, nice high one. I'm going to give it a 55. It was good to see Sam, too, cheering with joy yeah. on his great escape. And he's giving Sam three away out. True. I love that. So what is your prediction for the next minute? We're going to see the transmitter, the jammer, go down. Yep. I hope it doesn't alert the Eliza team. I hope it just that it gets knocked down and that's it. And then we cut to Sam to entering Earth's atmosphere. Oh, that's a good question. What happens when the jammer comes down? Mm. I'm curious because it might alert the team, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, the harvester could get stuck and broken and they'll pick that up on the base. Oh, yeah. If not, maybe it might say jammer And then down. it'll go down. Know. They'll look up the computer and be like, someone set these coordinates. Mm. Oh, shit. So that's, yeah, prediction. I think it's going to knock it down. It's going to alert the team. And um, Sam 3 is rigged with explosives. <laughs> <laughs> they go inside and bang, bang. Bang. I don't know. We got, well, we got two predictions. Let's see which one comes true, if any. None of them will. <laughs> none of them. Probably none. <laughs> uh, but we're so close to the end. Thank you for listening. We hope you're enjoying the podcast. Please send three movies to Benjamin at gmail.com, which we can review for season Two. Thank you much. We'll see you back here for minute 90, 90. of Moon. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. Binge Minute is produced by Brisbane comedians Chris Martin and Taylor Edwards. You can follow us on Instagram at Piss Martin and at Taylor Edwards Comedian or on Facebook at Chris Martin Comedian and Taylor Edwards. Get in touch with us at bingeminute at gmail.com with any questions, comments about the podcast or suggestions about what we should watch next. If you've been enjoying Binge Minute, help us out by giving us a rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. We'll, we'll be, be back, back soon with more Binge, Binge Minute. Minute. Bye-bye, Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.